The opposite of humility is arrogance. The wisdom writer of the book of Sirach cautions us away from arrogance and into a humility that seeks the wisdom of God. Reading from the book of Sirach. My child, perform your tasks with humility. Then you will be loved by those whom God accepts. The greater you are, the more you must humble yourself. So you will find favor in the sight of the Lord. Many are lofty and renowned, but to the humble the Lord reveals his secrets. For great is the might of the Lord, but by the humble he is glorified. When calamity befalls someone proud, there is no healing, for an evil plant has taken root in them. The mind of the intelligent appreciates proverbs, and an attentive ear is the desire of the wise. The word of the Lord. The following passage from the letter to the Hebrews speaks of how God makes God's presence known to the chosen people. Don't be scared by the imagery. Christ's death and resurrection rid us of fear and terror facing God's presence. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, you have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, Do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, Move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors 
in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. My dear friends, here we are. And I would like to pose this question to you. How many of you have invited the poor and the homeless for dinner? Most of the time we invite our friends and those whom we know and those whom we relate very well with. But today's gospel is calling upon us to invite the homeless and the poor so that we can also be invited by God, the sign of humanity. The point of reverence today is being humble. It is man's attitude before the richness of, and the material world of this world. That is what we have seen in the first reading. It is also and should be the attitude of human beings, especially Christians, presuming that all of those who are sitting here are Christians, in their relation with others and in different situations with others. That is what we have heard from the gospel. And the third point today is humility. It should be especially be man's behavior towards God. What is your behavior towards God? All these three aspects, we can see them in our relationship. Our relationship with one another, our relationship with the surrounding, and our relationship with God. Let me just put it across. How do you relate with the environment? There are those who come up with and say, let us clear this bush so that we can build good high rights, good houses, and we can start getting money. You, take, you don't take care of the nature, but, and remember that the nature will take care of you. And nature will never forgive you. So clear the bush. And after clearing the bush, build the high-rises houses, and then afterwards, the weather and the climate will affect you. That is the relationship. The second relationship is about you and the other people. Spoil your relationship with people. Stay away from other people. And you'll blame yourself. Because when you are in need, they will say, you say you just need everything by yourself. Stay by yourself. When I come here, I'm always very proud to see that you stay in families. And you stay maybe a husband and wife, a husband and the children, or a wife and the children. I'm a prou and I'm very proud of you. You know, at home, when we stay back in Kenya, 
The father sits that corner, the mother or the wife sits the other corner. I don't know why, because maybe they, has, they had fought at night, and the children sit somewhere on the other side. But here you sit as a family together. When did you start sitting like this? Is it like from time in memorial, or you have just cultivated this? Well, you know better, but I am always pre-impressed by how you sit. Now, with this, I can say that humanity forms the relationship. It is the roots of the relationship. But there are different kinds of relationship. There are destructive relationship and constructive relationship. I don't know what you have, but in all those, I have found myself here for a constructive relationship with you people. This is my first time to be here in Pennsylvania, and more so to be here with you. I have come all the way from Kenya, and as they were saying, from that diocese of Nyahururu, and I have visited you for one purpose. I was sent by my bishop to come and actually plead with you to participate in taking care of young souls, the children, from their tender age to maybe high school age. Whereby nowadays there is a great need for those young souls, for those young children, they are just being left alone and being left aside to take care of themselves. Back in Kenya, the parents, they are going for work and they are leaving them maybe at home without anybody to take care of them. So now the church has developed an attitude of going and correcting those children, putting them together, and now nurturing their soul, educating them about God, and always showing them how to pray, and also how to relate. And the second point related to that is, when you do that, when you get the child of a parent, you also get the parent. Because the, the parent will come following the child, and when he follows or she follows the child, then you also run to tell him or her, just start coming to church, and we continue walking together. And that is what the church is doing, and that is now why I am here to appeal for you, and this is the mission that I'm having, so that we can build that spiritual center for children. But out of the, all this, and in relation to humanity, I'd like to tell you something which is very personal and something that touches my family. Now here, me, Simon Mwai, I am the third born in a family of eight. And being the third born in a family of eight, I am the first born son in that family. And being the first born in that family, more so in Kenya or in the African situation, I am supposed to take the steps of my father. And so when I said I would like to become a priest, my father told me, no, you cannot be, because he was not even a Christian, live alone, knowing God. He didn't go to church, and so he told me, you cannot be a priest. Full stop. And he told me, I'd like to see your wife and my grandchildren. Then, 
I had to submit, but the call of God continued pressing on me. And with that, I told him, no, Father, just allow me to go into the seminary. If I make it, well and good. If I'll not make it, then let me, I'll, I'll come and marry. And then he told me, then go. But remember this. Let us make it a, a pact or let us make it an agreement. If you will become a priest, you will baptize me. Then I told him, thank you for giving me the chance. And so for him to show that he was serious, he took me to the seminary the first day. And he told me, remember our agreement. And my prayer is that, or my wish is that you will not finish. Then I started off. And every time I went for my holidays, he could ask me, are you going back? And I could tell him, I'm still feeling the call to go back. Okay, go and remember the two things. I don't want you to finish to become a priest, but if you finish, I want you to baptize me. So, all in all, God did what he did, and that is why I'm studying here. And you know what? When I finished and when I was ordained, he came and he handed me over to my bishop. And when I was ordained, he came back, or we went home and he told me, now give me the date of my baptism. And after giving him the date of baptism, he told me, even that day is when I will marry your mother. And so they wedded in the church. And because I'm their son, I could not wed them. But I first of all baptized my dad and my classmate wedded them. And then from that day to date, he always calls me father. What do you want me to do? And now there I feel the humility that he has. Instead of me now calling him, I always, now we call each other father, and he calls me father, and now I'm confused. Who is father to who? <laughs> but he always tells me, you baptize me, I'm a Christian now, and I would like to remain that. Look upon yourself. Be humble, and always sacrifice for us. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.